0: And welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is one that I reached out and asked my co- co-host to do with me. My co-host is Heather from Full Spread Ahead. I'll let her introduce herself in just a minute. But I reached out to her and asked if she'd be willing to come on and talk about having empathy towards families. I'd seen her talk about a book that she'd read on her Instagram stories that was really interesting to me. Empathy is something that I had to work really hard to get, but I almost got like so invested in it that now it's hard for me to step back from it. I'm, I'm so ingrained with the, my families and the emotions that they feel that it's almost hard, it's misbalanced the other way. So I want her to come on so we could talk about that. But I'll let her introduce herself first in case you've never heard her on any of my other podcasts before.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Heather from Full Speed Ahead. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a website with a blog, so you can find me there. And I wanted Heather to come on and kind of help
0: explain to start with why it is important to have empathy towards parents. This is something that I totally did not get when I first started teaching. And I see a lot of people still struggle with it. You know, they kind of forget. uh, One thing that I always go back to is for the most part, my families did not choose this to be their life the way I did. And so I think a lot of people kind of forget that. So Heather, why is it so important that we stay in tune to that part of a family and how that affects their process
1: in this entire world? For sure. So I am a middle school teacher in a life skills type of classroom. Um, And so a lot of my students are 11, 12, 13 years old, and these parents they are living this day in and day out. Um, I think that's the bigger picture of it is there is so much that happens outside of the school walls or the, um, you know, your client and when they come into the center, things like that, they they've been living this. And like you said, they haven't cho- chosen this for themselves. Um, so they've been through a lot. They've been through doctor's appointments and diagnoses. And um, I think, This year, now more than ever, I've really seen that, wow, these parents do so much. I mean, they're definitely doing so much. Um, And just now I've gotten to see it being a virtual teacher, I get to see directly into their house and what's going on. Um, I know I've had parents share that their child's been up since 2am, and that's their normal schedule. So they've been up and doing things and the parents are not really sleeping well, the students aren't sleeping well. So I think that in itself is why you need to have empathy. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know if they had a bad doctor's appointment or um, didn't sleep well, or the child stopped eating, um, things like that that may be happening at home. Hopefully they're sharing some of that with you, Um, but sometimes they just don't know how to process it or cope with that themselves. So they try to keep it reserved. Um, So just think about all of those things that go into having a student with a disability and a diagnosis. Um, and think of it in that way.
0: Exactly, and that's another thing I like to remind myself is I know a lot about being a teacher and now a service provider. I know nothing about being a mom in general, let alone the mom of a special needs child, so I can't possibly walk into the situation thinking I have all of the answers, so it's really important for me to use what I know and listen to what they need and see if I can support them in any way possible. But just because I have degrees does not mean that I am the expert on the kid. Definitely. For people who are maybe struggling with this, do you have any advice, like a process you went through to build empathy towards parents and to build that trust? Because we have to remember, not every teacher approaches families like this. And if the parents have had one, two, three teachers that Are not empathetic, that are not supportive, they can build up that wall and say, Well, I don't trust teachers. So, how can we, especially with you being a middle school teacher, I'm sure you've gotten families that have been through a hard relationship before you. How do you work on building that trust and that empathy so that way you can have that supportive relationship?
1: So, that relationship has to start early um, with listening to them, asking their concerns, asking their wishes for the school year. Um, So, I typically reach out to the families. Um, as soon as I can, once I get a caseload, um, and just send an email, hi, this is who I am. If you want to introduce yourself or tell me a little bit about your child, I'd love to hear, you know, what you're excited about for middle school, what you want to get prepared for for high school, and some parents aren't ready for that, and that's totally fine, but if you keep bringing up that conversation and keep giving them those opportunities to open up to you and share their journey and share what they'd like to see for their child, um, I think that trust and like for a teacher, really does open up. Um, like I said, just continuing those opportunities throughout the school year, not just before an IEP meeting, but anytime.
0: Absolutely, and one of the things I did when I was teaching is I used an app called Class Dojo. I used it completely differently in the way it's designed. It's designed to give like points in a management system, but I used it more as like a personalized Facebook page. And so I would encourage parents, post pictures of what your kids did over the weekend, post pictures of you guys having dinner together, and then I can comment on it. I can talk about it in school. And I found for parents, the fact that like I cared and wanted to know that you guys went on a bike ride, made them feel like a lot more like they wanted to share those pieces. And that helped go a long way in building the relationship as well.
1: Oh, definitely. I completely agree with that.
0: But then an issue that I have is I've, I now have trouble turning it off. So, you know, a lot of us can think to a family that's in a lot of pain right now. And if you are feeling that pain with them, it can be hard to set it aside on weekends or stop it from being all-consuming. And that's hard when you have maybe two families, four families, six families in pain. You can't immerse with every family fully. So how do you turn it off and go back to being Heather when it's time to just be Heather?
1: so sometimes there are situations where i just need to think it out or try to figure out something that i can do um so if it's like a friday or a weekend or something like that maybe i'll just jot down a couple ideas or resources that i have that i can support families at home um i know the big one right now is schools are going to try to go back in person if not already um and then over the summer um They're not going to be a virtual option and I know a lot of my kiddos are still having issues wearing masks or social distancing. So that is my biggest issue right now with families Um, and I really want to empathize with them and going, I understand that it's frustrating. You want their child to be in school. They need to be in school, Um, especially summer school, I think is a great opportunity for students. but maybe we can provide some books for over the summer that you can read with them or here i'll still update my boom library for you so you can still have um you know some activities to do over the summer i'm thinking about possibly even having some type of gift basket with Um, activities and games and things for the kids to do over the summer if they're not doing summer school. So that's kind of how I have to turn off my brain is think of ways that I can support, but no, I'm not a superwoman. I can't change everybody's issues and problems and make them better, even though I would love to. Um, But, you know, just writing down some ideas, maybe even talking to administration, figuring out if it's a bigger situation, how can you um, help support them in that way? And definitely talking with a colleague if they're having similar issues.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of colleagues, this is something that I ran into. How does it? How do you approach a situation where I can remember being in IEP meetings and I felt like maybe another team member was not showing the mom or dad or caregiver the compassion that was necessary. And I just wanted to stop, especially if I could see the parents get emotional. I wanted to be like, can we just take like a two-minute break, and sometimes my colleagues just don't seem to understand, you just talked for 15 minutes about how their child is struggling and not being successful. That is hard. That is hard. Even if their child has had the disability for 10 years, that doesn't make it easier to hear. So how Mm -hmm. do you approach when you have colleagues that are not showing the level of compassion that you think is needed in the situation?
1: Yeah, so if you are in an IEP meeting and you can feel the room getting tense and everybody's starting to shut down or get really emotional, you have the right to say, let's have a five minute break. Everybody, let's go take a walk, get a whatever, and to kind of do our own thing, let everybody scatter for five minutes and come back and try again. Um, So, of course, during that time, you don't want to call out a team member or anybody who's feeling um, maybe overwhelmed, um, but try to figure out what your team needs. And if they do need, five minutes of a break, like, that might help. Um, The other point of that is, you know, like I said, you don't want to embarrass your colleague in front of everybody. Um, So, you know, after the meeting, you might want to pull them aside and say, hey, I don't know if you meant to say this, but this is how it came out. Um, Because sometimes we say things without realizing what we mean or what may be um, heard on the other end. Um, And so, obviously, in that situation, it might be difficult for that colleague to admit that they're wrong, admit that they're sorry, Um, so they may need to send an email or a follow-up after a meeting Um, because we all know IEP meetings can get really heated. Um, So we want to make sure that we're being mindful of the family and, like you said, make sure it's not all negative. If there's a situation, you know, try to bring in a couple positives too. Um, I know that's kind of our job is to point out what's missing, what can we fix, Um, but definitely try to pull them aside without embarrassing them.
0: Great advice. And I love that you're saying it, it's okay to have that conversation. I know at times I felt like it's not okay, but sometimes the other person just doesn't realize, you know, and you talk differently with your colleagues than you do with a parent as well, especially with the colleague where maybe that's, there's not that emotional component. And it's just, we got to quickly get through this. So it's Okay, to be that person helps remind them, okay, let's shift our language a little bit now to be more supportive and inclusive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had mentioned a book. Do you mind talking about the book that you were sharing on your Instagram?
1: Of course. Um, so the book is called Those Who Can't, in parentheses or in quotes, um, teach by Shelley No. And I know I'm probably announcing her last name wrong, um, but she has experience from a teacher standpoint. An administration standpoint. Um, She's worked with a lot of families really closely and gained relationships with them over the years. Um, So she explains the child situation, the family dynamics, um, the appointments, the lack of communication. Many, any issues that have come up in education years ago, a lot of these children are much older now, um, but this, there's are issues that still happen now that I see. Um, parents aren't, aren't getting all the information. Parents aren't getting all the data. Um, they're not seeing the full picture um teachers are actually telling them their child won't be able to do anything um so it's really frustrating from a parent standpoint like you said i cannot speak on a parent standpoint at all um but being able to see a, a vision and a, into the family dynamic um and how that affects everything in their lives like i said from sleeping to eating to going out to restaurants to taking a vacation everything is affected now um when their child has a disability. People stare, people call them names. Everything is in this book and I feel like that gave me a really good look inside of the empathy that I need to give parents. Give them a little grace, show them that I care, show, that, show them that I'm there to support them um, and so I really think it's just such a great book that all teachers should read.
0: Fantastic. I will have that book linked in the show notes in case you guys want to find it but just listening to Heather talk about uh, on her stories that day when she finished the book, I was like, this is a book I need to read. And this is a conversation that we need to have for sure. So I greatly appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that you wanted to share related
1: to working with parents in this, this role? Um, I think the biggest thing with empathy is, like you said, you can't take it home with you as much as that you try to, Um, you know, it's, you have to be able to listen, understand, reflect um, on your own teaching and how you approach certain families because families need different things, right? Everybody's a little bit different. So you may want to have a family that wants to talk to you on a weekly basis, um, because they don't have anybody to talk to about their child and their disability. Um, but you also may have another family that just doesn't want to share it. Um, and that's okay, too. But you still provide those opportunities to have that empathy. Um, and like you said, just listening sometimes is just the best thing for families.
0: Absolutely. And one other tip I wanted to add is if As you work with more and more families, like Heather said, you'll have some families that want to talk about it, some families that don't. If you have families that are really open, it doesn't hurt to ask them if they'd be willing to be a contact point for another family. I remember I had a family that really struggled um, deciding whether or not they should put their daughter on medication. And I had the child for four years. So you know, over the course of the four years, we built really strong relationships. And when the mom and the daughter were getting ready to go to middle school, I asked her, if I have another family come up and they're having these same struggles, would you be open to talking to them? And she said, absolutely. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. I went on to share her contact with four more families throughout teaching. And I know at least two of them, she like went and got coffee and they talked about it. And so even though I didn't have the answers, I was that bridge. I was able to establish that communication because these two moms were in different circles, but I was able to establish that for them. So Your parents might want to be resources and you might be able to be the avenue and that's how you could help future families. So just get creative and don't be shy. The worst thing could be like, we don't want to talk about it. And you say, no problem. I will support you with whatever you want to do. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'll have Heather's Instagram linked in the show notes and be sure to check her out because she shares a lot of great content, especially if you are a secondary teacher. There's not a lot of supports out there, but Heather is a great one. So be sure to check her out. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.